Vinyl analysis is fueled by Grand Prix Karting. Final Analysis presents the Knights of the Rock Table. <laughs> Producer Greg, just go ahead and get us rolling, man. This is All right. something we've been uh, holding on to for quite some time, and we're, uh, that's what she said, and uh, we're going to have a blast with this. Go ahead and uh, introduce All right. the players. So we are taking Vinyl Analysis to the next level. This 70s and 80s hard rock discussion has just turned into a, uh, I don't know, what would, you, what would you call this? It's basically, I grabbed two other buddies mm -hmm. who uh, we've had on the show before, good friends of mine, and they appreciate this type of music. I wanted to bring something to the table, <laughs> the <rock laughs> table uh, something a little different uh, that, that's being done, and, this, and we're going to grow this thing, and we're going to have a lot of fun with it, and you'll just kind of, uh, the audience is going to dig yeah. this as we go along. So this uh, is called... Vinyl Analysis presents Knights of the Rock Table. <laughs> You're gonna get sick of that by the end. Of that. So I'd like to uh, introduce myself. I, uh, Duke Blackmore of Purple Deep, will be your moderator. I will be your moderator for the evening, Greg Hansberry, and let me go around here uh, and uh, give some opening st statements here. Uh, Sir Ace of Freely, aka Arch Madness. Yes, thank you. The table is yours. <laughs> I'm not going to do that every okay, time. That's, that's probably okay. a good idea. Right. But I, I will say this: I, I do have an opening statement, and it is fucking awesome. Here we go. Opening statement. What an opportunity! we have. I'm excited to see where the rock table will take us. 99% of what you're going to hear will be an opinion. It's just guys who, who like this type of music talking shop. But there is one thing that I believe to be a fact when it comes to this type of music. I believe, and uh, the Knights, I'll just uh, look to see if you guys nod or not, but I believe it is our generation's classic rock. Right, Absolutely. gentlemen? Yes. Absolutely. 70s and yes. 80s hard rock, heavy metal fans are some of the most passionate music fans there are. There is always, uh, there's always been an outlet for us, a place to go to be with like-minded rock souls. Headbangers Ball, That Metal Show, House of Hair, the list goes on and on. And there's one thing we're gonna add to that list right now. Knights of the Rock Table. <laughs> so, so, so come now, children of the beast. Cheers. Be strong and shout at the, the devil. devil. Yes. <laughs> yes. Mm. Next, at the next <laughs> night, at the <laughs> night of what? We have a studio audience too, so make some yes. noise there, gang. Yes. Make Thank some noise. Yeah. Yeah. It is noted. We are uh, recording. Not are good. We don't drink alone. No, we're no. recording uh, this uh, podcast, this special edition of Vinyl Analysis, at the Daily Growler in front of a live studio audience. Yes, thank you, Daily Growler, mm -hmm. for yes. having us. All right, uh, next uh, uh, next night around the rock table is Doug Blessing, aka Lord Pretty Boy of the Floyd. You changed it up. Rock house. I did. I did. Okay. I had to give it some thoughts. Lord, pretty boy of the Floyd. <laughs> what is your opening? 
opening statement, <laughs> pretty boy. <laughs> I uh, am thrilled to be here today to discuss uh, such matters. But um, yeah, I'm with Arch and, and Kevin here. You know, obviously after uh, meeting each other, this is a, a love that we all share. And uh, he couldn't have said it better. This is our generation's classic rock. And it's up to people like us to keep it alive the same way that radio DJs and television personalities uh, have kept it alive through the decades, man. We're carrying the torch. Well said, pretty boy. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Young! <laughs> Lord of the Thighs from the Gypsy Kings. The floor is yours. How you doing, guys? Oh, yeah. Kev. Everybody good? Yeah. Especially since we're drinking. I get it. Exactly. And thank you, Daily Growler. Thank you all for coming. Everyone. Yes. Thanks. Cheers. Good to see you all. This is going to be great. <laughs> uh, just to sit around, talk shop. Yeah. Talk rock. Yeah. Greg, Archie, Doug. It's gonna be a hoot, man. It is. And, and let me. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, that thing, thing, that fucking thing right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and and don't just think that this is some sort of one-off. We have some really cool things planned this summer. Yeah. And, and and a big announcement that it's gonna come at the the next uh, nights of the rock table. That's something that we've got planned uh, this fall as well. It's a it's a road trip, and it's it's one that we're excited about, and, and we're working hard to. Uh, to make that all uh, come true and have uh, some of the people that listen to Vinyl Analysis uh, head on this uh, road trip with us. So there we go. All right, let's do this, Greg. All right, topic one, we're going to do some music news. Rat announces their 2018 yeah. tour, but without guitarist Warren Martini. The band is calling it a new breed of rat. Still touring with Stephen Percy and uh, Juan Crozier. Yes, yes, French, yes. I guess. Going under the Zumba. name Vermin, apparently. Arch, <laughs> Sir Asa Freely, thoughts yes. on a Demartini-less rat tour? Well, I'm not. I'm not for it. I'm against it. Let's just get that out there right now. This is a band that a lot of people would say maybe ended when when Robin Crosby quit touring before he passed. Now he, I think he quit in the early '90s. Passed away about ten years later there in the in the early two thousands, and um, kind of was the heart and soul of rap. But here's the deal: you have four out of the five classic lineup rat members who are still alive, and I've never seen a band deal with either litigation. I mean, there's so much ego, uh, there's so much greed, and, and let me throw this out there, guys. Yes, they can survive, but this isn't rap. I, I've seen Stephen Piercy a handful of times on a solo tour, and I, and I and I love to go see Stephen Piercy. But to call something rat without Warren Demartini is a crime, and, and, and it's not going to fly. It's it's not going to fly. Now, here's something interesting, and, and and we can chew on this as a group here after you guys talk about your feelings on it. But Eddie Trunk, a guy that we all respect mm -hmm. in this business, a guy who's been preaching this for for quite a long time. Mm -hmm. He made the comment, and he's not far off. Guys, there's a there is a um, a big time comparison, and this I don't mean this to sound sacrilegious, of Motley Crue and Rat. Rat is very comparable to Motley Crue, as we're talking about fame in the '80s. All right, oh, yeah. fame in the '80s. Oh yeah. Not not you know you know 
pushing his wiener up against a, 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 a boat horn <laughs> in the 90s. Well, but, but, uh, but there's no video as, of it. As far as the hits. <laughs> no picture. No, guys, as far as the presence, as far as the presence on MTV and on the radio, I mean, guys, round and round, you got to remember those those uh, those rat records, and I'm talking about Out of the Cellar and, and, and uh, Invasion of Your Privacy and, and so on and so forth. They were getting play mm-hmm. really. It looks at Kill for Motley Crue was, and I'm not trying to make this a Motley Crue versus Rat thing. My point yeah. is, Rat has not handled their shit properly. No, they they cool. they make Dawkin look functional. <laughs> I mean, they, they they don't handle their shit properly. They keep it internal, which I think Motley Crue was able to really kind of sell the craziness and sell the drug addiction <laughs> and sell the and the chicks on Baywatch. They were able to do that. Whereas Rat kind of kept things personal and they just fucking hated each other. Yeah. And and that's where we're at right now. That's why you got three different rats, maybe four if Warren decides to do something. But it, it, it's really disappointing to have four of the five classic members alive and not be able to to, to produce something that we would all go fucking see in a heartbeat. Yep. If, if all four of those guys oh, would sure. get their shit together. So that's where I'm at. It bums me out. Kevin Young, Lord of the Thighs. I got to go with Arch. I mean, you know, like you said, the four guys that are still here, if they would put something together, who's not going to go see that? But here's my thought. If Warren's not going to do Rat, why doesn't he, you know, pull Make a statement or something? Make a statement, say something, put a band together. Do we know why he's not touring? No, no. no And here's the thing. Warren Demartini, and I'm not going to take your time, Kevin, but he's a quiet guy. Yeah, yeah, he and and I think that maybe that's why he's just you know said I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the pissing around. I just want to play rock and roll. That you know maybe no. that's why it bowed out and they fired him. And we've got know. a drummer. We've got a drummer in the house, Kevin. And I'm looking right at you. No, no, no Bobby. No. But look, we were mocking Bobby Blotzer a yeah, year and a half everybody ago. Everybody was. We were mocking him. He and, was cannon fodder. And I was, I was, I, <laughs> he was, I forwarded, he was I retweeted, I retweeted those memes. It was funny, <laughs> but he might have a point. He might not be as crazy as we thought. No, he's crazy. Trust me. He is crazy. But, but, but yeah, Bobby Blotz is nuts. <laughs> yeah. But as far as why the band is not meeting together with the four uh, guys from the classic lineup, I, I, I tend to kind of- What's that? Frontman syndrome? I thought that was LSD. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Syndrome. No. Well, I, I don't know. It's, I, I just, it, where do you rank Bobby? I mean, is Bobby, is Bobby, Bobby a key part of this? Does he man. mean a lot to you? He does. As far as, oh, as yeah. rat? I mean, you want to see Bobby Blotzer acting like a, a madman back there, don't mm-hmm. you, Kev? Yeah. Yeah. He's a great player. He's still got chops. And if they're not going to do something individually and put four bands together, it's a shame that those jack wagons can't put all their differences aside. Tour is rat, and then at the end of the day, you know, I don't care if you got to have four separate buses. Poison does it. Motley Crue did it. The Eagles did it for thirty years. <laughs> they sure as hell did. <laughs> David Lee Roth and Sammy Hagar toured together. They did. Okay. Yeah. They I mean, did. if those two guys, if those two egos Bam. can ride bus by bus, side by side, anybody can do it. That's know? true. So, and Archie's got a great point. You know, when you're talking about the '80s, and you're going back to '83 through '88. Rat was everything as big as Motley Crue yeah. was. To guys like us, one was hand in hand with the other. I, I didn't. Neither one was considered to be bigger than the other. They both had the well, same Nikki amount of great Six videos. And Robin yeah, Crosby were best buds. Yeah, those guys were hanging together. As far as we were concerned, they were the same. They were brethren. They were. They came out of the same scene on the strip. All their videos were hits. They were all on the on the countdowns on MTV. 
They were getting the same amount of traction on their concerts. They were playing the same size venues. But we knew Nikki was doing smack. Yeah. yeah. You know what was the old saying that uh, the girls backstage at a Motley Crue show would go see Vince Neil, mm-hmm. and then the drug dealers were like, where's Tommy and Nikki? Yeah. yeah. We didn't know about Robin. Nope. I mean, and it cost him his life. We we didn't we didn't know. So, it almost cost mm-hmm. Nikki too. Let's be well, honest. I don't know, you know, if you guys have read, you know, Stephen Piercy's book or Bobby's book, but I I mean, I've read both of them. Their their stories are so different about what happened. Although, so is you know Tommy Lee's story versus Nikki Six's story <laughs> versus Vince Neil's story are very different. But There's that, another I don't think truckload of crazy you got shit. It, and that's the truth. <laughs> I don't think we'll ever really know what exactly went on behind the scenes of rap. Bobby's story is legit to one to one side where he feels like he was doing the right thing by the band to tour. Right, and then you've got guys like Stephen Piercy who act like they were. You know that they were being done wrong by Bobby going out there without them, but we don't know what goes on behind the scenes, and we exactly. never will because their stories are so different. Yeah. Would we go see them? Uh, Kev, I was going to ask yeah. that. Yeah. So yes or no, quickly. What do you think? Juan and Steve. I'll go. Oh yeah, I'll go. I go see all these guys. Yeah. I don't give a shit. They're I'm going to see enough's enough without Donnie V. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, Lord of the Thighs says yes. <laughs> right, Lord of the Thighs. Lord, Doug, Doug, we didn't Lord introduce Pretty Boy you. Of Lord the Pretty Boy of the Floyd <laughs> says. I that. thought you were going to be Lord Tracy of the guns it's just throwing me off it was such a funny initial (laughs) that initial text between the four of us was so funny i'm sorry not to to look behind the here's the difference though guys is that now i would go see it out of curiosity not out of excitement okay i'm excited to see warren d martini and don't forget Paired with Carlos Cavazo, who has also said that he will not play without, without Di Martini. Yes, he did. Without Warren and Carlos, I'm going to see it just to see if they can pull it off. With Carlos and Juan and uh, Steven and Warren, I'm going because I'm excited to see the band. Now, there was a name that was floating around, a name that was in the rat camp years and years and years ago as well, was Jakey Lee. Jakey Lee was mm-hmm. a name that they were throwing around Good to call. take Warren's yeah. out. Now, Jake and Warren are tight. I don't see that happening. <clears throat> He's but got I would, the Red Dragon Cartel thing going he's, still. That's true. Yeah. I, dude, I'd go walk across oh. the street to see Jakey Lee. Read I'd the wear a gasoline yeah, to hell right. to see that. I'd swim in the right. old tangy to see Jakey. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> I would. That's awesome. I would. And I'd wear your vest. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here it's we go. It's waterproof. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. Music news topic number two, D. Snyder. He releases a rather hard new single, Tomorrow's No Concern. Now he's uh, calling this the perfect lead track for his upcoming solo album, For the Love of Metal. This is out in, uh, in July. But he also is telling Billboard that he'd rather show something that he's working on today that hasn't sold a single copy than talk to you about something that he did a long time ago that has sold tens of millions of copies. So, Knights, thoughts on Dee's new single? And is Dee dissing his past? Or do you agree with his decision to keep uh, moving forward? Kevin, Lord of the Thighs, <laughs> are your thoughts? Enlighten us. Thank you, Greg. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Um, no, I, I think he nailed it. And I've heard the track, the single. It kicks ass. It does. It's, it's hard. Great. It's heavy. It's really it, good. And I think he, he, he set out to make a statement, and that's exactly what he's doing. He's not doing the old Twisted Sister thing, you know. He did that, and yes, he sold a bunch of records, and yeah, he made an ass load of money, and now... He's doing something new. D. Snyder is still here. I can't wait to see him at the Rose in August. 
Uh, yeah, I'm going to that show too. That's, uh, that's what with Doc and, and Warren. Yeah. And, you, you know, and, and oh shit, we're going to see yes. Warren without Janie Lane. You know, that's an Ohio guy, but I yeah. want to support the other guys in the band. Those oh, are yeah. good dudes, man. Oh, yeah. Janie yeah. gave his blessing. Yep. Um, go ahead. Yeah, go, Doug, go for it, bro. Doug, thoughts? Uh, I, as you guys, I listened to the new single. Um, I, I must say that I liked it a lot more than uh, his 2012 <laughs> album. <laughs> Which I had completely forgotten about. D does Broadway. Yeah, which is a real album, by the way. That's a real uh, fucking. Album. I didn't realize that existed until I was what on a shit a, stain now. On Apple Music. Fucking Kevin with the oh, shit stains, man. D, we love you. We love you. If you're listening, D, we love you. Please oh, don't beat me up. No, but uh, an icon in the business. Man. Yeah, but I'll tell you what. Um, the guy still got pipes. It, it, his his vocals yes. sound nothing like. The, the old songs on this, but on this new track, but it's strong. It comes across very powerful. It's not so heavy that it's going to turn away their old fans, but it, uh, but it's going to garner some attention. I liked it. I actually really liked it more than I thought it would. Yeah, it's heavy. Um, it, it, it is cool, and, and I do like hearing that. And and, and quite honestly, when uh, and I've talked about on vinyl analysis before. Uh, you've got L.A. Guns, uh, the missing piece, which was one of my favorite albums from last year. Mm-hmm. They sounded like. 1987 okay and i'm still good with that though yes now uh, in an album that i talked about bullet boys from a few years ago they have a new record now but elefante sounds like new metal it would it's something you would hear on an active rock station i shouldn't even say new metal it sounds like an active rock uh, type song it's cool however these guys that we grew up with want to do it i'm cool with it but here's my thing when we go see d snyder later this summer is it? Are we going to get a hate breed version of Burning Hell? And oh, and I, I want to rock so. away. What are we going to get though? I mean, if he, I want to make sure how how is he interpreting this? You know, oh, yeah. Uh, that that's that's what I want to know. What are, what are we going to hear when we go? I'm cool with whatever. I want. Here's the thing: the names that we're going to talk about, some of these singers, they don't have it anymore, guys. Oh no, they don't have it anymore. <laughs> D still does. I mean, he, he really has, he, he's kept... He's done job. Broadway, for Christ's sake. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can yeah. anyone else in this room say they've done Broadway? <laughs> There's anyone. No, anyone. 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 <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Dave. Now, Sir D of Snyder. Yes. <laughs> the floor is yours. But but I guess, I guess I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with it. I, I'm excited to hear the record. And, and, and D is one of the, he is one of the guys that, act, like I said, has kept his chops sharp. He yep. sounds really good. This is going to blow a lot of people away, I think, with it, with that first single. If the rest of the record now uh, we've got Jamie from Hatebreed, that's why I made the Hatebreed uh-huh. joke there. I mean, it, that's not my type of music, but uh, I'm excited that that D is uh, is is still kind of in the hard rock scene and and he, he's doing something because you know after AJ uh, Paro had passed away, yeah, I mean uh, the the twisted sister thing that's that's done. That's that's it's. I think and that was the right, right move. Well, you, I agree. I agree. I think that was a right. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you, and one thing I'm very, very sorry that I missed is, uh, and I don't think they ended up doing all that many shows, but they did a uh, 30 anniversary um, Stay Hungry tour where they used their original sets, original costumes. Yeah. As far as I know, it didn't come anywhere around here. I was watching all summer hoping that it would come, and it was a very, very select few dates. And once that passed, 
And, uh, you know, they, I think they got to the point where it was like, you know what, the, the, we've done what we can do. Did you guys check out during Leader of the Pack? I mean, that's almost like oh, sure. a... Come out and okay. play album? Yeah. 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 It was kind of rough. And, yeah. I, and I have the Love Is For Suckers album, which I actually loved when I got it. But it, listening back on it, it's very, very... For them, it's extremely commercialized. I still love the album. Wake Up The Sleeping Giant, my all-time favorite Twisted Sister song. Oh, cool, but, they, but what was a tragic thing is that last year they had a series of shows scheduled in Jersey... Um, at a big, I can't remember the venue, but it was a big carnival type atmosphere. They're going to have carnival rides and so forth, and it got torrentially rained out. So they kind of didn't get that closure with their hometown crowd to finish up Twisted Sister as the way that they planned to do it. Right. Um, in front of this humongous crowd in Jersey where they got started. So um, I don't, I don't, you know, I wish that they may maybe would get together and do a big closing thing there. Do you, Do you guys remember when we were growing up when there was the rumor like everybody was Ace Fraley? Do you remember that? Like Ace had the wreck, Ace disappeared, and this was before Fraley's comment. Do you do you remember like when they said that JJ French was do you do you remember that? Does anyone oh, yeah. remember that role that, that disappeared? That, yeah. that JJ French was 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 Ace Fraley or Ace Fraley was JJ French or yeah. however you wanna however you wanna do that. Well there was a missing you know, person slash uh, double I, identity crisis. I think there. there was probably a time in Ace's life where he wasn't real sure if he was <laughs> <laughs> But back, there you go. You get it. You got a sound yeah, for that. Yeah, you deserve that. But I'm glad you brought that up, though, about <laughs> the, the D. Snyder staying true to the old stuff. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think he'll keep it, you know, I, I don't think he'll glam that up at all. Can I get one more point in on that, yeah, on the ahead, D. Snyder thing? And I think this is really important to say because although he is obviously taking his music in a, in a direction that he's passionate about this time, it's extremely important that he is still doing a tour, including bands of the era. Cool. Instead of, you know, when no, Ozzy does Ozzy Fest, no, no you know, shit. Yeah. That's a good point. Well, that, Sharon yeah. does Ozzy Fest. Yeah. Wipe my ass, Sharon. So I don't think he's going to offend any fans because he is still making it something that's of It's still for the fans. You're right, man. It's just got that's some, a good point. It's got some new flavor to it. That's yeah. a good point. That's a good point, Doug. All right, Vinyl Analysis presents. Knights of the Rock Table. We are uh, recording live at the Daily Growler here in Upper Arlington, and we have a live studio audience. And, 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 and let me let me throw this out there before we get into our next segment. Uh, we have a, a young couple here who are just starting. Their, their are lives they getting together. engaged? Nick, are you proposing? Nick and Casey got engaged a few weeks back. Oh, Let's okay. get a round of applause. Nick, Nick bought my beer, so I gotta say this. <laughs> Vinyl analysis and the Knights of the Rock Table are fueled by Grand Prix Carding. Don't forget that, gang. So there you go. That's our good friends. Hey to Chris Bowen and everyone over at uh, Grand Prix Carding. All right, next segment is the Dream Set List segment. Led by the singer with killer range, Tom Kiefer. Mm, oh no yeah. relation yeah. to Kiefer Sutherland, yeah, that I know no, of. No, he's not. Uh, the band from Philly ruled the mid to late 80s with a series of multi-platinum albums and hit singles. You couldn't turn on MTV without seeing one of their videos. <laughs> Knights, yes. I ask you, what is your dream set list for Cinderella? And you couldn't find three guys that are more pro fucking Tom Kiefer. This oh, is weird to start with you, Doug. 
like Lord Pretty Boy months, of the Floyds. What are yes. your three songs? Go for it, Doug. Go for it, Doug. Uh, first of all, I would like to say I had the great honor, uh, thanks to our friends at uh, uh, QFM, to mm-hmm. open for Tom Keeper last year. And that year. was a great show. That was a you great set. Yeah. Great set, Doug. And uh, extremely nice guy. Great family man. I got to shoot a little bit of hoops with his kid backstage. Me That's fun. Great. Did you beat him? Uh, <laughs> moving along. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yes. Now, Archie had us hold to three songs, okay? Yeah. And as Kevin uh, mentioned uh, before we, w- we went on air here, um, it was a lot harder than I thought. Yeah. Uh, the first one was a piece of cake. And it, I, I'm thinking. Now, are this in any particular order or just yeah, your three songs? Yeah, yeah. Right, so, yeah. What, the, the way we're going to do this, right, yeah, guys, the way we're going to do this, you've got an, a song that you open with, okay? A song you open with. And then, technically, a closer. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then the encore. So I'm not really asking you guys to pick your favorite songs, three favorite Cinderella songs, or how we're going to do this down the road. Just like a dream set list. If you're at a concert, they're playing three and songs. You saw Cinderella. Here you go, man. All right. Um, so here, uh, my the opener, no brainer. I think any Cinderella and or Tom Kiefer show should start with the toll of a bell and a shot of gasoline. Mm-hmm. Night songs has to be the opening song. Mm-hmm. It has to be. It's good one. Sure uh, feels so good. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel good. Now, following that up, you're going to go right into a rockin' big hit that gets the crowd on their feet and Here sing along. Gypsy Road. Yeah! There we go. That's a good one, dude. You walk off the stage, people are still on their feet, the lights go down. I want more, Doug. But people are still rumbling, the lighters are coming on, Mm -hmm. or nowadays, Mm -hmm. I guess, the cell phones. You come back on, you play one of your favorite songs because you know it's going to leave people with their teeth rattling on the way out. Off the Night Songs album, Nothing for Nothing. Yeah! I love that song. It's such a rocker, and it goes over so well. It goes over so well live. It's just a a great track. All right. All right. All right. Uh, so let, let's Arch, go, just keep going around the table. Arch, Sir Ace of Freely. Okay, here we your go. Dream Woo. set list, Cinderella. Here we go. Cinderella, dream set list. I'm going to get right into this. This this is interesting. I went with the opening song of Long Cold Winter. Oh, we're going uh, with Bad, Ste- Bad Seamstress Blues. That's badass, too. Falling apart at the seams. Mm, nice. I want that. Looking on back when I was young, and I want that, and I want it, and then I want it, and I want it to kick wow. in with that that slide guitar, and then we're rocking, mm-hmm. we're having a good time. Look, I love Nobody's Fool as much as anybody, but I don't want it killing my vibe on this one. All right, I'm with so you. I'm gonna go from there into Somebody Save Me because I want I want riffs to just like punch just, in just, the face, just punch me right in the face, and as Doug said, this is the truth. My closer. Now, this will be my closer mm-hmm. because everyone needs a shot of gasoline. You brought it up. When we saw Tom Kiefer last oh, summer, yeah. we were all waiting for it. Is, is that some bitch going to play night songs? Oh, yeah. Is he going to play night songs? He didn't play it at the last show. We were all looking at it, and I was sitting right beside Soga. Uh, yeah. We had on a few yeah. weeks ago. And Soga and I were there, and he's like, I don't know, man. I? And as soon as night song, as soon as you heard it, Goosebumps. As soon as you heard the bell, boom, it was on. I'm closing with night songs. Kev, it's all up to you, brother. Bring all us right. Back. All right. Uh, I've got uh, Hot and Bothered off Still Climbing for an old Yeah, baby. Oh, still Climbing. Hey, I got to say, Kevin. Drummers. Uh, hot and Bothered's on mine. Huh? How about that? I will have to say mainly because of the Wayne's World music video. However, it's a tight song. That's all right. I'm not going to hold that against you, man. That is cool, no, I love Kev. that, too. I love that, it too. It is a great that song. That is a great song. Then we got Shelter Me. 
You gotta have shelter. Oh, that's the a good sing along, man. That's a sing along with the crown. Exactly. Sing along. And then you play with Gypsy Rogue. There you go. All right. Boom. All right. Drop the mic. That was a good one. That was a good one. That was a good one. All right. Moving on. Next segment. This is a, uh, if you've ever listened to Vinyl Analysis, you know that uh, we can't have one podcast without Archie bringing up Kiss or Ace Freely. You guys ever see my tattoo? Yeah, there he's is. got an Ace Freely tattoo. Ace wrote that, he put that on my arm. Dude. Yeah, we know, we've heard it a million times. Now, Archie, we'll start off with you. Your, your favorite Kiss album, however, <gasps> your favorite Kiss album without makeup. And for those out there, probably without Ace. Mm, that's most, all right. For the most part. It's, it's a tough one. Who's well, going first? Is you, it me? Ace, Ace, well, look, here's Ace the deal. Here's the deal. It's Lick It Up. And, and I'm going to be curious to see what these other two uh, knights decide to pick. Uh, it's Lick It Up. And, and I loved uh, I Look, I bought Animal Eyes. I, I, bought, I bought them all. All right? And I have continued to buy them all. But uh, Lick It Up was a, was a great record. Uh, and look, I'm the biggest Ace fan that hops on a microphone in Columbus, Ohio. We know. And I'm telling you. Uh, I also loved my Vinny. Oh, he's, he's just, he's smart ass. Busting. Uh, Vinny Vincent was a great addition. Mm. Uh, it was combustible. It wasn't going to last. Um, I loved Vinny Vincent's Invasion. Um, as I know, Doug will probably talk about as well here in just a little <laughs> bit. So I'm going to kind of back off on that. But And I will say this. As, a, a, as big of an Ace Fraley fan as I am, a, a million to one, if it's not in my top five all-time favorite Kiss songs, it's it's in my top ten. This is a great record. I still love to throw it on. I love the vinyl uh, of of this Lick It Up record. It just really captures that whole early '80s vibe, and it's a shame that it wasn't able to work out. And I love Bruce Kulick as next as much as the next guy, but I think what Vinny was doing and what he brought, he did bring an edge that Kiss needed, especially uh, without the makeup at that time. That was the first time we'd seen Kiss without their makeup. And Gene Simmons is not a good look. So you, you better you better rock hard, and it's still one of my all time favorite Kiss records. And that comes from an, an Ace Frehley fan for sure. So uh, definitely look it up. And, and a million to one for those out there who uh, who aren't hip to that record, uh, check it out and, and crank that tune up. Kevin, you your favorite Kiss record songs makeup. Lick it up. There you go. You know, uh, echoing Archie's sentiment, man. I mean, what Vinny brought. After, you know, what we have, Creatures of the Night. Yeah, I mean, you had The Elder and Creatures you know, of the Night. The Elder. Which I bought. Oh, yeah. You guys bought. Absolutely. We all yeah. bought. You have either of those on vinyl, Creatures of the Night, or uh, The Elder. I have, you know what? I have the remake with, Ooh, with Cooley, Creature, but I do okay. not have that, and I do not have The Elder. Yeah, tough to find Elder on it vinyl. It is. It is tough to find that on but, vinyl. And those are great albums, but Lick It Up just had a different feel to it. It had a different vibe, you know, and... Rick Derringer played lead guitar on Exciter. That's a great opener too, guys. Exactly. That's a great opener. Where do you put, and I've, I made the comment not too long ago on my, on my Archie Facebook page as a drummer, and I'm gonna lean on drummers when I, when I talk to you, and I'm gonna lean on singers when I talk to Doug, but Eric Carr. Oh, I mean, man. the late great. I mean, yeah. he was one of the best, man. He, he was, he was he not? Not put words in your mouth, but he was one of the best. He still would have that chair. He yeah. Have that yeah. Chair. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, have that chair. Right, yeah. I mean, pound and just, you know, and, and every album he did, you know, you could hear it. You could hear it coming, you know, more and more and more and more and just getting comfortable and, and, with the band. And but. he sang, is here yeah. you ready for blasphemy? He sang Black Diamond better than any member of Kiss or any yeah. member of the fucking replacements. Yes, he Let did. me just say that. Yes, he did. So, but yeah, <laughs> look it up. 
1983. Yeah. That you know, and I listened to the others too. Oh, and it's yeah, right. You know, on, I was man. a fan. Oh, I love animals. Thrills in the night. That's a, that's a great kiss song. But it doesn't top lick it up for me. No way, Doug. All right, so check it out. So I. We had band practice last night with my guys and I told them what we were doing and immediately the first album that just popped, just blew out of my mouth was Lick It Up. It's yeah. gonna be Lick It Up. So now I was like, I, had to, I thought about it all day today. First of all, my answer is, is, is I don't think it's gonna fly with you guys, so I have my backup. <laughs> don't sweat it. No. So my, my, That's my, my no makeup album that is so incredible, let's do Goosebump Good, is the Unplugged Live. That's I was gonna say that. No makeup. I love all the MTV yeah. Unplugged he, he stuff. You did bring that up. It, it I love amazing. it. Now I know it's live and it's you know a mix of all a mis yeah. mismatch, but they obviously they weren't wearing, wearing makeup and it is a live album, so you could take it anywhere. And I also was gonna bring up Kiss Alive Three, which I, you might get I, into. I, yeah. I revisited that as well. Um, but uh, so so my my official answer is Unplugged Live. If it if it doesn't pass the test of, of yeah. what we're looking for here. My Good immediate call. answer to, in my head was Lick It Up, and then I looked through the albums, and I was like, you know what, there were a couple albums that I remember specifically when I bought them, I did not like them all the way through. I did not like Crazy Nights all the way through. Right. I did not like uh, Asylum all the way through. Nope. But I do remember that when I bought Revenge, that I liked it all the way through. When yeah. I listened to it. Yeah, Revenge is a good record. And, I, saw, and I remember thinking that like when I, just when I thought Kiss, the, the, the mustard had come completely off the hot dog. <laughs> Revenge came out. And it's got some great, great no, songs on it. Does. It, and, it uh, does. So I'm. I hate to go against my boy Vinny Vincent. If I had to say anything, I and would I know say you're a huge Vinny fan. Not a makeup is. album is Vinny Don't Vincent. Don't sweat it. All systems go. Right. Why do you think Ace Frehley would feel Doug yeah, if he knew that a million to one was in my top five? <laughs> he would. So uh, taking a picture for posterity or posterity. But but I'm gonna I'm gonna have to I'm 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 right on the on the. Ridge here, but uh, between Revenge and, and Lick It Up, but I think Revenge is one that I know that's cool, that uh, I can still listen to all the way through and it still rocks. Well, it's not cool. to go down a rabbit hole, but I love those MTV Unplugged, all of them. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're all, I love them all. Yeah. Anyway. Man. All right. That, I, I, that. I, thought we, I thought we'd argue a little bit more. No yeah. way, man. Yeah. You're on, on point. Here we go. No jousting required for the next uh, <laughs> uh, segment here, you guys. It's versus. Okay. So in Ooh. this corner, the man who founded the band Dawkin in 1979, Donald Maynard Dawkin. <laughs> and in this corner, <laughs> Maynard. Who, who names him Maynard? I don't know. It must Mama be a family name. Whatever family Mama Dawkin The man born Stephen Edward Duran, a.k.a. Blackie Lawless, the singer for Wasp. Mm. Uh, Kevin, we're starting with you. Oh shit, Kevin! I don't oh, want to be you. Who do you got? Who do you got? I don't want to be you. I don't want to be you. I'll take it all day long. I'm going Blackie. There you go. Wow, he's going Blackie, pal. Yeah. Boom. Why, man? Why? Oh. We we all know why. This is a through the three of us, and that's why we went with this, I guess, just because this is a tough decision because it we is. love both of these bands oh, so yeah. much. I've talked to you guys. Oh man, talk to us, Kevin. Blackie. He was in the New York Dolls for a minute. Oh, wow. In bands with Nikki Six. You know, that's where Nikki got the Light Myself on Fire deal from, from Blackie. You know, he kind of passed the yeah. torch, yeah. so to say. Yeah, man. But the Wasp stuff, man. Yeah. I'll they had the Blackie. concept stuff, too, guys. They had he the concept did. albums. And the, they were they were doing that when, when a lot of hair bands, uh, wouldn't you know, touch it. you wouldn't touch that shit. Nope. I mean, he wasn't afraid to put a pentagram out there, you know, throw yeah. and roll meat at the crowd. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it wasn't everyone's cup of tea, and I get that. But at the same time, 
you know, huge success. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. See? Yeah. I got that outfit you actually. You walk oh. into McDonald's and order a number seven, no cheese with that outfit on? Well, no. I don't think so. Okay. Oh, I'll take a number two, no onion. Oh, uh, yeah. That's our drum roll for the evening, I guess. While we're here, kids, drink up. They give you a microphone at your show. Oh, they, they should. Show. I, I tell them they all show. the time. I, I, tell, I tell Jimmy that all the time. You can do your own rim shots. Man. Yeah, you really could. But we go Blackie back. Lawless. Yeah. Blackie Lawless. Doug, who yes. do you got? All right. So, uh, as a singer, I was inspired by these four albums right here. Dawkins' first four, mm-hmm. Breaking the Chains. Tell Tooth everybody what you nail. got. This Breaking is a podcast. The this is great. Tooth and Nail, Under Lock and Key. It's my favorite. And my favorite of the four, Back for the Attack. And he's okay. got these on cassette sitting yeah. right here. These came out of the, for the private collection, out of the vault. Right. Um, <laughs> but let's let's do, let's say this though. When you're talking about what what made these bands what they were. A lot of a lot of guys did some great work in the studio, but all of these bands from this era were about the live performance, the the, the whole showmanship. And I've seen these bands live, Wasp and uh, and Dokken. I've seen Don Dokken uh, many times in in several different formats, and he never talks to the crowd. He doesn't have a lot of. There's just not a lot there on stage. And uh, Blackie Lawless is an incredible showman, and. When I, the, the album that uh, turned me on to Wasp in, in a big, big way, I'd already had a couple of their cassettes, but what changed around was Wasp Live in the Raw. And after that album, I still listen Great to it. Great stuff. I still listen to it. And uh, Blackie was the whole package. The look, the image, the growl and the vocals, played guitar, was always pushing the limits of what a frontman could and should be in this kind of uh, genre. So, um, I surprised myself when I really sat down thought it, but I'm going, I'm going Blackie. Yeah, oh, wow. Super Blackie. Two for two. two for Blackie. My, my math serves me correctly. Two uh, for Blackie. And, and let me tell you this. You did right. There is one person, uh, not a knight per se, but someone who is sitting at the table who knows uh, Betty Madness. Now, Betty Madness is my mom. 87 years young. And, uh, Mama Madness? Mama Madness. Mama she doesn't Madness. like it when we cuss. She doesn't like it when we cuss. Sorry, we have, I have backed up the Fs a lot. There's yeah, been a, 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 quite a few less F-bombs. We could put a trumpet over the but, F-bombs, no, Arch. But if you could have seen Betty Madness's face... <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. When she saw the 1984 Kerrang! magazine cover <laughs> of Blackie Lawless drinking blood out of a human skull... <laughs> Let me just tell you guys that it was something I will never forget. <laughs> it was a moment for all of us. As a young, young, spry, 13-year-old arch madness down in southeastern Ohio. Um, yeah, but no, that, that is, uh, talk about iconic magazine covers. And we talk about on Vinyl Analysis so many different times of how much these magazines and fanzines meant to uh, metalheads like ourselves, And that's, mm-hmm. we didn't know Vince Neil if he was going to jail or not until we got the new circus. Yeah, right. Boys, right? Yeah. Right? You ain't lying. Uh, but that 84 Koran cover is absolutely legendary. And I would love to have a copy of that. Uh, one of a kind voice. Uh, one of a kind voice uh, with Blackie Lawless. I always called him and everyone's like, eh. And then they come back and they say, 
he kind of is the uh, hair band uh, Stevie Nicks. He really has that uh, that voice that's a little gravelly. It's it's different. He's a great songwriter. Mm-hmm. Um, his microphone stand and Doug, you can uh, come on this if comment on this if you want. But it was the uh, it was it had the handlebars mm-hmm. and the boobies and everything. <laughs> and some stages the uh, boobies. Well, you can't you can't bring, Blackie can't bring his my his uh, legendary microphone stand here. It doesn't fit. Uh, this I will say about uh, Blackie. Uh, there were two different times uh, that I had tickets to see Wasp. Uh, one even in the '80s, and he was uh, he canceled. Uh, he is a little bit flighty in, in, in that regard. Mm-hmm. But uh, I started with Blackie because uh, I'm going to finish with Don Dawkin. Uh, Blackie didn't uh, record the album Under Lock and Key, no. and Under Lock and Key is one of my favorite uh, albums of all time, of all time. And I'm talking of any. I mean. You know, I named a kid after a beetle, but I like Underlock and Key more than Sergeant Peppers. And I know that sounds sacrilegious. You didn't name a kid Sergeant Pepper, though. No, I Ringo. Ringo is Ringo. Ringo. Ringo's not even the best drummer in his house. So uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with uh, Don Dokken on this one. Don Dokken was in the '70s and '80s LA scene. Uh, Great songwriter. Amazing pipes. Used to have it. He did have. Uh, a little bit of the LSD. Of course, when you've got a, a guitarist like George Lynch in your band, right. I can see where the friction comes from. And that's mm-hmm. always it's always about the talented guitar player and the amazing lead singer. Uh, I love Blackie Lawless. I cannot wait to do that first Wasp album. And I do believe Doug and I have already signed on to uh, do that for a final analysis. Yeah, yeah. And, you're, and I'm going to apologize to you ahead of time if I reference Live in the Raw a lot. It's all good. Because those, it's all good. Yeah, every song yeah. on that oh, album dude. comes across and so I much stronger you. live. Yeah. And, and, and that's one of the reasons we picked these two singers uh, is because of... I knew the three of us how much we appreciated him. Oh, I see Dave Crouch. Trust yeah. me, we're gonna bring yeah. yeah. it. Hey, what's up? Dude? I had to text Dave today. Right right on, man. Man. Dave, come on over here. Sit with us, man. Right. Sit with us. The boys have practice tonight out in Grove City. We so got I'm the uh, lead singer from Jackass Jack Genius. Genius. Dave, not to put you on the spot, man, but uh, get in there, be loud and proud. Uh, we're discussing Don Dockin or Blackie Lawless in our versus segment. Uh, talk about what those two meant to you and and how you uh, rank those two versus each other. Wow, you know, the with um, with Don Dockin, the uh, the whole thing was just like with me was like the first two albums, right? I mean, it was just like pow right out of the gate. Right. The the Blackie Lawless thing, I I, I like it, but it was there was something about the style that didn't catch on with me. I mean, it, it, singing aside for that's a an acquired taste. It really is. It His really is. is. And I, get it. I get it too. Now, I get it too. Now saying that, uh, if if uh, if Marshall Taylor hears this, I, I'm probably going to get a thrashing <laughs> within an inch of my life right. because he he is the consummate Blackie Lawless fan. But uh, Don Dawkin, wow! I mean, what can you say? I mean, there, there's some of that lofty stuff was coming off like what eighty four, eighty five, right? Mm-hmm. So that stuff is lofty, and you're and you're a kid, and you're listening to this in, in your buddy's basement, having you know your your second beer, <laughs> and you're ever going, wow, yeah. ever <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you're, and you're and you're going wow, this cat is something else, man. No doubt, yeah, no doubt, yeah. yeah no, we, I, I got to go with Don Dawkin on there that. There you go. Well. Archie, did you officially go with? Uh, no, I went with Don Dawkins. I, I went with Don Dawkins. All right, Dockin. so we're we're split. We have a split. split. Right. I love and I love Blackie. I, lo- I love Blackie to death, guys. I really truly do. Well, he's, he's, a, he's ballsier. He's got a lot more balls. And and like I said, the stuff he was doing was a, uh, Don was writing the hits with the rest mm-hmm. of those guys, and and Blackie was doing more of the Crimson Idol and and, and Blackie and, and, was here. 
and he was he was kind of sticking his middle finger yeah, up to it and he like was trying it, to do I the concept yeah, yeah exactly um and and, and yeah. really crimson idol other than other than the wall and this and honestly this is going to sound blasphemous but i don't think people give this music that we talk about on this show enough credit uh i, I think some of the some of the concepts that blackie lawless did and, and quite honestly and and i know these pink floyd fans i'll take the heat on this operation Mindcrime from Queensryche. If, if you want to talk wow. about concept albums mm-hmm. and what it meant to guys our age, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to put that record up against any other concept album. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but back to Dawkin, Lightning Strikes Again, that's why I'm picking Don Dawkin. He can't pull it off anymore. I saw a show with uh, Blackie Lawless from last year uh, in Russia. He sounded great. Blackie yes, sounds good, did. guys. He sounds good. We talked about Dee Snyder. He sounds good. Uh, Doug and Dave, you guys sound good. Don Dockin, not so much. Get off his lawn, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, right, exactly. Don't even think Get about it. I'm curious to see what that show in August is going to sound like when we go see Dockin. You know uh, what? Kev. Mick will sound great. Y- you're right. <laughs> okay. It is true true Boy. Always going with the drummer. Dude. Always going with the drummer. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this has been uh, Vinyl Analysis presents the Knights of the Rock Table live at the Daily Growler here in Upper Arlington. I have been your moderator, Greg Hansberry, a.k.a. Duke Blackmore of Purple Deep. (laughs) (laughs) I have to piss so bad. Thank you, Daily Growler. Thank you all. I'd like to go around just for some closing statements. Uh, And we'll start with you, Kevin. All right. Let me just say that I'm honored to share the table with these knights. This is a huge honor. Um, Doug, it's always a pleasure. (laughs) Archie, always a pleasure. Greg, you know the deal, man. Keep the trumpets blaring. Yeah, hold on. I'll I'll (laughs) get you right here. There you go. There we go. <laughs> and, and if I might take a moment, uh, introduce uh, people to the Gypsy Kings, okay? Yes. Check us out on Facebook, The Gypsy Kings, one word, band. We've got all the dates on the events. We'll be at Picktown Palooza coming up on Friday. I'm bringing you out. July 13th. Archie, you just heard it. He's bringing us out. Opening for Night Ranger. It's going to yeah, be a great baby. It's going to be a great time. Jim Roseberry, Derek Roos, and Marty Hayes, and myself. We can't wait. Thank you all very much. Awesome. Doug Blessing, a.k.a. Lord Pretty Boy of the Floyd. Yes. Please, closing closing statements. Right on. All right. Well, once uh, I'd like to say, first of all, it's been uh, an honor to get to know uh, a lot of people in the the Columbus music scene over these last uh, three or four years since I... uh, um, started getting back out there again. Um, Dave Crouch, glad you, you and your boys love love hanging out with you guys. Kevin and Jimmy and the gang from Gypsy Kings, Arch, Dorsey, all the folks from QFM. It's right been on. amazing. Um, very uh, blessed to get to play with my band Rock House. Um, we've got a great summer lineup as well. Um, thanks for leading us in, Kev. You guys open up for Night Ranger. Um, me and my boys are opening up for Great White um, at the Crazy Lazy 80s weekend. Oh, yeah, but this yeah. next one, dude. Oh, I can't wait for this next one. Oh, so Here we go, dude. Looking forward to opening up for Jack Russell's Great White out at uh, Lazy Acres Campground July 14th. The following week, I grew up a massive fan of the band Faster Pussycat. Yes, there you go. Man. And we were opening up yes. for them the Glitter Box Tour featuring Faster Pussycat, 
Paradise Kitty, the all-girl Guns N' Roses tribute band. There you go. And of course, my band Rock House out at the Muddy Creek Saloon in Heath, Ohio, uh, just uh, um, east of Columbus. Um, great, great lineup for the summer, and uh, we're really, really looking forward to those two shows. And uh, and hopefully, guys, I'm, I'm hoping to get a little bit of FaceTime with uh, um, either um, Jack Russell and some of his guys, uh, possibly Tamey Down and the guys from Faster Pussycat. I'm friends with Ace Von Johnson on Facebook. And then uh, also Don Jameson from uh, that metal show hosting right on. that Love show. Don. Love so, Don. Uh, he carries the torch. Yeah, man. man. Great guys. Great guys. So hopefully I'll get a little time with them and, and catch them early in tell, the day. Yeah, tell them about the podcast. <laughs> so, yeah. And when I say early, I mean three o'clock. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right, Ace, uh, Sir Ace of Freely. I actually have a theme song for you that oh, I, I can't wait. New York Crew. Oh, there we go. <laughs> okay. It's not exactly shock me, oh, but okay, all right, okay, sorry. It's all good. Go ahead, Arch, closing oh, well, and, and, and I'm going to keep this short and sweet, which will be the first time I've done it all night long. Uh, let me just say this. When it, when it comes to, to Kevin and Doug and, and why I picked these two guys to, to go on this journey with me as part of, uh, of, of the Knights of the Rock Table, it took about probably 30 seconds of us talking together, <laughs> right, to realize why I went with these two cats. Uh, it, it's awesome, and it's so cool of Dave just to pop in on like like, like this, and uh, fans of all all three of you guys, and and, and let me just say this uh, to sit here and, and talk about Dokken and Wasp and Rat and Twisted mm-hmm. Sister and, and and all these bands that we just we don't talk about enough, guys. And trust me, I, I'm I'm in the biz, and it's it's tough, it's tough. But I do believe this music is our classic rock. Mm-hmm. I, I truly believe that, and we're gonna keep. We're gonna keep trumpeting it. And we're gonna keep trumpeting. Did uh, you say cor- trumpet? Trump? No, no, I didn't. <laughs> oh, 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 okay, okay. Oh, sorry. You said truffles. Uh, yes. Could we get another yeah, plate okay. of truffles? Yes. No. <laughs> Go to hell, no, Greg. No, I didn't, Greg. I did, not, I did not say that, Greg. So, and, and and I'll say this: there is a, there's a great music scene here in Columbus. Uh, these three guys are just a, a tip of the iceberg of some of the of the great bands that love the music that we talk yes, about. Yep. So, uh, thank you, guys. I'm I'm, go- I'm looking forward to some of the fun things that we have planned. Thank you to everybody that, that came out here. Yeah. To the Daily Growler. Thanks to the Daily Growler for having it. Thanks also to uh, Chris Bowen and everyone at Grand Prix uh, Karting for, for sponsoring this show. Congratulations to Nick and Casey on their engagement. Yeah. And, and yes, we, Greg, we, we will have it. a Spotify playlist to accompany this Ooh. podcast. Oh, that's so check nice. out yeah. QFM Very 96. Nice. That'll take, take you That'll take yeah. about three days I'll to see get tomorrow. that together. Yeah. Yeah. Have, a, have a great weekend, Greg. <laughs> so, hey, for producer, give it up for Greg. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. Could not do it without him. Uh, thank you so much. So for Greg Hansberry, I am Arch Madness. This has been a Vinyl Analysis Presents the Knights of the Rock Table. As always, gang, stay frosty.